Welcome to College Street Victory Church. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. So, <laughs> I've entitled today's message, Where Can I Find Time for Everything? You know, as a pastor and as a life coach, it's funny because I have these conversations a lot with people. They sit down, they tell me they're depressed, they're exhausted, things aren't working out, and I start listing off all these things. Well, hey, are you exercising? No. Uh, are you getting good enough sleep? No. Are you eating the right things? No. <laughs> it's like, well, which one should we start on, you know? And we usually go to God's Word. And like, are you reading God's Word? Everyone's in the house said, yes, of course. Uh, you're spending time worshiping God. You know, if, if all we're doing is showing up on Sunday and treating it like a buffet, it's not going to get you really far. It's kind of like going to the gym only once a week. Um, it's not going to get you real far. You know, God wants to have a relationship with you. And in that relationship, there needs to be a dialogue. You know, not just us talking, but also us listening and hearing from the Lord. And, and I believe today you're going to hear from the Lord in his word today. Uh, and he's going to show us how we can find time for the right things. And everything has its season, which you'll see. And we're going to draw a lot of wisdom uh, from the book that we'll be reading today. It's Ecclesiastes. It was written by Solomon, said to be the wisest and richest man that ever lived. Now, if you're going through Ecclesiastes, you might find it quite depressing. Um, but you'll know there's always hope in that. Because a man that had everything said, without God, it is meaningless. It's meaningless without God. And it's a prime example how God just wants, he wants to bless you. He wants you to have stuff. He just doesn't want the stuff to have you. And so he teaches us how we need to first start with our priorities, get our priorities in order. A lot of people can't even tell me what they really want. You know, can you clearly identify what it is that you want when it comes to your relationships, whether it be with your friends or with your family? And then what are you willing to do in order to put them first so you can make the most out of the time that's been given to you? And so that's what we want to talk about in this series is making the most out of the time. We don't want to end up in those places that we miss out on memories. We miss out on moments and we miss out on quality time with those that we love most. So I don't know if you figured it all out yet and you've gotten that maybe this will be just like a rehearsal for you or a reminder of how you're just doing everything right right now and you figured everything out when it comes to how you manage your time. So just put up with me and then maybe you can share it with someone else. But one thing I've noticed being a parent, as soon as we started having kids, time went like in fast forward. Anyone else relate to that? Man, I can't really see a whole lot of you. So just say I, if you can relate to that. Okay. Maybe you don't have kids yet. Maybe you are a kid and life feels like it's going real slow. I remember that too. Remember like, man, everything's going so slow. I just want to grow up and I want to be an adult. And then you're an adult. All you want to do is be a kid. <laughs> it's like, there's so much responsibility. <laughs> what happened to the fun? But no, uh, God wants us to have fun. He wants us to recreate. Uh, he wants us to make the most, again, out of the time that's given to us. And so, but I've noticed that. I've noticed with kids, even they go from, you know, in diapers to needing to be fed till they can feed themselves quite well, especially when they hit that teenage stage, um, you know, to, what's that? Oh, Chloe. Oh, yes. Chloe's, she eats a lot for a princess, you know, she's a growing princess. And, but, you know, before you know it, they're, they might be driving themselves to school. It's going to happen soon. Um and then before you know it, they might even be getting married. Like a lot happens in five years. 
it just goes so quick and you just want to say, yo, slow down. Like if we're not careful, we'll end up living life by default and not by design. And see, God has a design. He's got a plan for how we spend our time. He even teaches us the importance of rest. Praise God. You know, God himself rested. On the seventh day, he rests. You know, there's a rhythm. One, two, three, four, five, six, and rest. <laughs> but we have a hard time doing that as human uh, doings, right? <laughs> but the Lord is teaching us what it means to slow down and to focus on what really matters. And so... You know, I see it it doesn't just happen with your kids. It also happens with the church. This church is, it feels like just yesterday that we we showed up and we got here moving from Alberta with a team of people and went from just a handful of people to almost 300 people on any given Sunday with three services. Like, I mean, it's crazy what happens and how everything goes so fast. And and the same thing, like, I want to spend more time with you guys. You know, and I'm trying to figure out how do I have make time for everyone? You know, how is that even even possible? So when I do get time with you, if we're lucky enough to get to spend time together, I really cherish it. I really try to listen to what God's doing in your life. Sometimes I got to go find you at the gym. I might have to go to Fit for Change to find you, but I'll find you. You know, the Lord will cause our paths to cross. But I really appreciate you guys. And even with you, there's a lot more time, quality time that I'd like to have. You know, the word tells us that the Lord will give us the desires of our hearts. One of those desires in my heart was to travel all around the world, to do missions work. Actually, to be honest with you, I never thought I'd be a pastor. I thought I'd be a missionary, if anything, but not a pastor. Nope, didn't want that. Coach Sharon, I didn't want that. Never. I said I'd never want, I'll be a pastor. I said I'd never plant a church. I said I'd never take over a church. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> He's like, don't say never to God. He'll show you what he can do. It's his way, not ours. But I'm thankful for that, you know, and now we're getting an opportunity to travel even more. It's been 2024, the year of the open door, the year of more, and missions trips are lining up. I'm going to be in Africa with a team in just less than two weeks, Rwanda, Africa. We have a victory training center there. I got to go there when we still had the orphanage there. And boy, I could tell you stories. But even those stories, I was talking with Dr. Uh, Hazel Hill. She's her and her husband are the founder of Victory Churches. And where were we? Oh, Barrie, Ontario. We were in Barrie, Ontario with them. And we were we got to uh, host them and, and be their chauffeurs. And she was telling me stories about how she first went there with two other ladies. The Lord put it on her heart to go to Rwanda and start an orphanage, just like in a dream, in a vision. And so she told Dr. George and Dr. George says, well, you can go, (laughs) sends his wife, two other ladies, they get down there. Uh, They scout out the land. It's kind of like number 13, you know, with with, uh, the spies, but they scout out the land. They meet the chief. They have to meet the chief there in Rwanda and they find, find a parcel of land, which they like. And Dr. Hazel draws, like on this napkin, the vision of what this place will look like. The chief approves it. Then Dr. Hazel says, okay, she appoints one of the ladies to stay and says, this is what we're going to do. We're going to buy the land today. You'll stay. I'm going to go back and get us some more money. (laughs) I'm going to go raise the funds and then we'll come back with the team. So she did that. One woman stayed. The other two ladies went back. They raised all the funds necessary and they came back with 78 people and they built the orphanage. Okay, there's more to the story. This is how fast things go, right? So they got everything in place. And then 
um, she was wondering, well, how are we going to get all these orphan kids? Well, the next day at the gate, there were orphan kids lined up from the street. And it shocked them to see one of the workers. This was the other thing. The Lord had told Dr. Hazel, your workers are going to be widows and the children are going to be orphans. So one of the widow ladies gets up early in the morning and she sees all these little kids from the street lined up outside their gates. And she says, what are you guys doing here? And the little boy says, Mama Hazel has built us a house. Can't make this stuff up. And so Dr. Hazel gets gets told to come to the gate. Come, come. There's all these kids lined up here. And she says, we got to, okay, we have to make this official, you know, get the books out. We got to find out who these kids are, if they have any relatives. And she said they came in with a little paper bag with their whole um, earthly possessions. And inside that paper bag might be one shoe or one sock. And these are kids on the street in Rwanda that word got out that there was a home for them. And these kids have since grown up in the home, have become students and staff, and we're going to meet some of these kids that are no longer kids, that are now preaching the gospel, planting churches. It's incredible. Everything can happen so quick right in front of our eyes that we need to take time for those that are right in front of us. We need to take time to go after our dreams when God has placed it in our heart. And we need to come into alignment with building his kingdom and not just our own. So what I found when it comes to time, purposing time, is it's not what we do occasionally with our time that makes a difference. It's what we do consistently. I'll say that again. It's not what we do occasionally. It's what we do consistently. It's not, it's not letting time do something with us, but us purposing to do something with it. Again, by design, not by default. And we may understand the cost of making the right decisions at the right time, and we tend to put off those decisions, especially the harder ones, right? We know they're the right things to do, but we don't always do them in the right time. And when we put off those decisions, it's called indecision, right? And indecision is still a decision, is it not? And it causes you to lose traction. It causes you to miss out on quality time that you could be having with others. You know, I just want to brag on some people in the church. I'll leave their names out for now. But after I shared with you last week that letter, that last post, well, actually, Pastor Charmaine did, that my mom wrote before she went to be with the Lord, the one on forgiveness. Do you guys remember it? She put that out there. And then she said that after doing so, that there was relationships were restored after 30 years, you know, where there's been hurt, unforgiveness, there, it was restored. So someone came to me at the gym the other day and said, Pastor Matt, I got to tell you, as soon as I heard that, I knew right away. And, and this gentleman told me that they, they got a hold of this person 15 years. They haven't talked for 15 years. That relationship's restored. And then he goes on and to share and celebrate the win with somebody else at the gym. And, and right away, that person stops what they're doing and says, I know what I need to do. I got to make a phone call and leaves. So praise God. Let's just keep that going. And I'd love to hear uh, your miracle story, if you don't mind private messaging me and let me know. So, so on to Ecclesiastes. Again, the author is Solomon. 
Solomon was a king. Obviously, he was an author. You know, he was put in a position at a very young age. And, and he made this big sacrifice unto the Lord. Huge, massive. You can read all about it. It would have been the world's biggest barbecue. But he does this huge sacrifice, and he gives his best to God. And then after this massive sacrifice, the Lord says, what is it that you want, Solomon? He can you know, pretty much ask for anything. And he says, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to lead your people. And that was probably the, the smartest thing that he could have ever done is ask for wisdom. And because of that, he got riches. He got all this stuff. And Solomon walks us through... Um, all of his experiences, he had a long lasting experiences, but he had short lasting rewards. I'll say that again. He had long lasting experiences, but short rewards. And we got to remember who are we doing it for? Who are we living living for? Because God wants you to have long lasting rewards, not just short rewards. And so we're going to take a look and see what we can learn and find out what do we do and how do we do it when it comes to the right time and the right way to get the greatest reward? Are you guys with me? Does this speak to you in this season? Okay, praise God. So we're going to start Ecclesiastes 3. If you brought your Bible, bought it or brought it, don't matter. Uh, just put it up in the air so I can see it because it's so dark in here. It's glowing. That looks really cool. Like at a concert. It's cool. My Bible m- might not glow, but the word says it's a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. So still glowing. Um, but I want to start in verse 1 of Ecclesiastes 3. And it says this in the NIV version. There is a time for everything. Say everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. Well, praise God. Solomon says there's a time for everything. My first question to you is now the time for everything. Is now the time for everything. See, you need to know your season and then you'll know your time. I'll say that again. Do you know the season you're in? Because if you know your season, you'll know your time. You'll know what to invest in. You know, there's a time for everything. There's a time to sow. There's a time to reap. We learn in there, it lists everything from there's a time to be born to a time to die. Do you know your season that you're in right now? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 10, 23, said, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. You might hear me say that, you know, like maybe what you're doing right now isn't bad, but it's not beneficial. Maybe there's a better way that you could be spending or investing your time right now. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Can I get an amen on that? Right? It's like scrolling versus going to the scrolls. Man, you get trapped in the scrolling, eh? It's almost like there's an algorithm out there that just, once you start looking at something, it just sends you more things that you're looking at. And it can be good, it can be bad, it can just not be good and take away all your time with your family if you're not careful. Or not even all the time, but just quality time that you could be spending with them. So we might want to spend our time on certain things, but the reality is we need to invest our time with certain people. I'll say that again. You might want to spend your time on certain things, but the Lord is saying, will you spend time with me and my people? Time invested in the right relationship gives us the greatest reward. Like I said last week, some relationships will make you feel rich. Other relationships, if they're not healthy, can make you feel poor and even even at times become sick. The Lord wants you to have rich and healthy relationships, but it's not so much what we can get, but what we can give. 
Remember, because less takes and love gives, right? So we need to sow into our relationship. The reality is that we need to invest in specific people, starting with our family. Come on. Starting with our spouse. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to give the, uh, our scraps to our best. We want to give our best to our best. So how can we be at our best? I'm going to do a whole other series on that coming your way, but we'll get to that. You know, memories, memories are worth a lot more than monies, right? Memories are worth a lot more than money. Now, I have, I have witnessed great men and women, you know, successful and in the business word, the world, sorry, uh, make sacrifices, you know, with great intention, but at the same time, not realizing that they've robbed memories. They've robbed uh, and they've sold out on the wealthiest things that there possibly is. And that is relationship with their family, with their friends, even with their church. You know, the thing I love about getting to go to Africa, it's going to be a reset for me. I know I'm going to give, but usually I get schooled, just so you know. The Lord really does a number on you. when, you, If you haven't done any missions work and gone to a third world country, sign up, okay? Uh, we have missions opportunities all around the world through Victory. It's, it's good to go to those places sometimes and realize, like, in one moment, you'll think you're the wealthiest person in the world because you can pretty much buy anything. In the next moment, you'll realize how poor you are because their wealth is in relationships, and they're a lot happier than most, most people in North America. I'm like, how are you so happy? You have nothing, yet for them, relationship is everything, right? So it's a real reset sometimes on our on our priorities and the things that we're chasing after when we should be chasing after Christ and the greatest relationship, the greatest riches there are in the world. So here Solomon actually gives 14 examples of, of the time for everything. Like I mentioned from, from the time of being born, huh, the time of dying, uh, to a time of war, to a time of, of peace. So what season are you currently in? Some of us go through multiple seasons just in one day. Have you noticed that? <laughs> it's like, man, I feel like I'm in war, peace, war, peace. Lord, help me, you know? But um, do you know the season that you're in in your life right now? Are you aware of the season outside of you, but, uh, but within your surroundings, within your environment, where God has placed you? Remember, we were reminded not that long ago that some of us some of us feel at times that we're stuck, but maybe you're not stuck. Maybe you're planted, you know, and you just got to give it some time. Let those roots go deep. Then God's got a lot more fruit, but he's working on something with you right now. That's patience. That's trust, right? That's a willingness to surrender and do it his way instead of your way and just trust that there's greater things, actually all things that will work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. And yes, we believe it is the year of the open door, the year of more. What doors is God asking you to step into? Because not every door that's open is from God. Is that true, right? Yes or no? We got to realize, is he asking you to step through, step over that threshold and into that next door? Well, he'll confirm it, just so you know. You don't have to stress about it. He'll put the right people in your life that will tell you what you need to hear, not what you just what you want to hear. Wise counsel, those that have gone before you, that have been, you know, 15 years ahead of you. God has put you in a place such as this for a time such as this, just so you know. You're surrounded by amazing men and women, kingdom builders. People have done great things. Just take the time to get to know people. 
This is like what I call acres of diamonds in this house. Get the time, take the time to ask people questions, what they're passionate about, not just what they've done, but what God is doing. You will be so surprised at who you're sitting next to or just a few rows in front of you. So what more could God possibly want from you when it comes to time? The truth is before you run out of time, you need to know is now the time. It's worth writing down. Is now the time? Let's read uh, verse 11 here. Verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3 says this. He has made everything beautiful. Say beautiful in its time. Hey, two people said beautiful. He has made everything. Thank you. Oh, you say that so lovely. In its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I said to the men this morning, we read this verse too, and I said, guess what? You're, not, you're never going to know it all, <laughs> okay? You're never going to know it all. And you don't have to know it all to be all that God has called you to be. Praise the Lord. You're not going to know it all. The second point or second question is this. Do I understand God's time? Do I understand God's time versus my time? Pastor Charmaine did this great teaching. What are we at? Two, three weeks ago. Kronos versus Kairos. Two Greek words. Kronos being the time, how we measure it, how we put it in our calendar, the days of the year, you know, that's, that's, that's on us. Kronos is on us, how we manage that time. But Kairos time, now Kairos is God's time. Say God's time. It's a divine time. Scholars talk about this. In your Bible, when you, when you see or read in due time, that's Kairos time. It's God's time. So we're responsible uh, for our Kronos time, how we manage it. And then God comes in Kairos time in a divine time, right? And so it's beautiful to understand that you have a responsibility and then you just need to trust God with his, okay? Because his word says that all things will work together for good because his word says that his plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, give you a hope in a future. Jeremiah 29, 11, his word says, so again, it's trusting and being responsible with our quality time, with him and others, and then trusting him with his time. Make sense? So when we are faithful with the Kronos, we will experience the Kairos. It's true. When you're faithful with little, then he'll give you more. He's like, hey, how about you, how about you start with just, you know, reading a verse a day? How about you start with just talking to me? You know, like, how about you take some of that quality time and seek first the kingdom of God and then watch as all things are added unto you. Matthew 6, 33, right? Kronos time. In 2 Corinthians 16, 9, Paul says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those, check this out, it's always a heart thing, whose hearts are fully committed to him. You have done a foolish thing, he goes on to say, and from now on, you will be at war. Whoa, what's going on? I like the first part, don't like the second part but I like to read all that. Why? Because sometimes it's us that brings on unnecessary battles in our life because we spend or waste time that we should be investing in God's time. You see, this reproof was given to Asa by the prophet of the Lord, just to give you context, for making a league with Syria. Something the Lord said not to do. It's like, hey, you know what? I, he was good. You know, when they, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but some people, no one in this house, 
tend to, you know, do things God's way, see the result in their life, and then other opportunities, their distractions come up, and then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I don't need you, God, I got it. You know, isn't that true? Okay, I shared, okay, I'm gonna share, you guys need to laugh, you need a joke. Will you laugh with me? Okay, thank you. Will you show grace to me? Okay, thank you. I'm putting those disclaimers out there. So I'm riding up, or down, which way is it? Penticton down, or we're up there down, right? Anyway, God loves us both. But we're headed to Penticton last week to visit the church out there and support them. And I said this cute joke to them, and it, but there's some reality in it, right? And I usually save it for St. Patrick's Day, but I'm going to give it to you now because you need a laugh. You need a joke. Um, so there's this Irishman, okay? <laughs> there's this Irishman, and, and he's driving around this parking lot in Walmart, and, you know, he cannot for the life of him find a parking stall. So finally, in desperation, he cries out to the Lord and he says, Lord, if you help me find a parking spot, I'll give up me Guinness. And then all of a sudden, a parking spot opens up. The Irishman says, never mind, Lord, I found one on my own. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. I say that. Because it's almost like we start to do things the right way. The door opens. God blesses us. And then we say, Lord, I don't need you anymore. Right? God does not want. Can you imagine if you had a relationship like that? It's like, I'm only going to talk to you when I need something. When I need something, then I, then I don't need you anymore. That's, that's, that's not a healthy relationship. And God is saying, hey, I just want to spend time with you. Oh, he's a jealous God. He wants to spend time with you because you're worth it. He created you. He's got great plans for you, great things he wants to do with you. But you know, sometimes we align ourselves with the wrong people, right? And then we wonder, why are these things happening to me? Does that make sense? So this is what happened with uh, King Asa. And so God was displeased with him because uh, he didn't trust in God. He was actually trusting in men right? And there's this new partnership more than he was trusting in, in God. And we need to trust in God. We need to trust in his way and his time, not our own. Is this speaking to anyone? No, the thing the Lord just keeps saying to me, even if it's just for me, he says, hey, today's my day. Today's my way. <laughs> you know, I always celebrate, you know, today's the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. But it's not just his day. It's his way. I want to do his way. Isaiah 55 says, because his thoughts are not my thoughts, they're higher. His ways are not my thoughts, are not my ways, they're higher. And I mean, I want, I want to live on a whole nother level. And I don't want to limit what God wants to do in my home, in, in, in our church, or in this community. Anyone else with me? Okay, someone say another level. Good stuff. Now, last week we, were, we learned about honor and how honor actually adds hours to our hearts. We learned that it's the first commandment with a promise to honor your father and mother, and you will live long. You'll live a long and full life. Our honor adds hours to our heart. But why do we as society sometimes struggle with honoring others? It's almost like, oh man, put somebody else first, you know? But we were created to honor, and we were created to reflect the characteristics of Christ. Nobody honored better than Jesus. The way that he loved and treated people, it didn't matter if, if you were Jew or Gentile, if you were a man or a woman, he just like blew through all the cultural barriers of its time. He touched people that nobody else would even touch, let alone come within six feet of, okay? Jesus showed us what it means to honor one another. 
and how honor will add hours to our hearts. But when we dishonor God by dishonoring others, we dishonor God also by not honoring him with our time, excuse me. And guess what happens then? Just like Asa, we invite attacks. We bring on war when we do it our way, our time, instead of his way, his time. The good news is, someone say the good news, is we can exchange personal battles with eternal blessing. The thing I love about our Lord and Savior is it's not a matter of fairness. I'm glad for that. I don't know about you, but don't ever catch yourself saying, well, that's not fair. I'm like, well, thank God. Because if I got what I deserved, I wouldn't be set free today. I wouldn't be standing in front of you today. I wouldn't have a reason to get up in the morning, okay? Well, I was still a sinner. Christ died for me, okay? You know, fairness ended in the Garden of Eden. I don't know if you noticed that. But it's not a matter of fairness. It's a matter of grace. It's a matter of love. It's a matter of truth. And I love that about our Lord. That's the good news. He exchanged our personal battles with eternal blessing. And the scripture says that everything is beautiful in its time and God has eternity written on our hearts. Woo! There's something inside of you even before you came to know the Lord or even if you're searching, you know there's something else, there's something more than what you're experiencing right now. It's because eternity is written on your hearts. You see, when it comes to time, some people are so worried about, oh Lord, I don't know if I'm gonna have enough time. I'm telling you, part of the reason he created eternity is because it's gonna take that long to pull out what he put inside of you. You got eternity with him if you do it his way and you believe in his time. So let's not take anyone or anything for granted when it comes to God's time and God's way. Are you with me? So whatever time you're in right now, the time that might seem like a battle, I'm telling you, God's word says, if you trust in God's time, you can still experience his beauty. You still experience beauty in the midst of a battle. In the midst of even going through war, like Pastor Charmaine said, in the midst of a storm, you can still have peace because you've got the God of peace. A peace that this world cannot give. A peace that surpasses all understanding to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Okay, let's go to verse 17. Verse 17. Oh, I'm in Ecclesiastes 2. I'm sorry. I'm like, that's not what I went through. I thought in my heart, God will bring to judgment both the righteous and the wicked, for there will be a time for every activity, a time for every deed. There will be a time for every, say every, every activity and every deed. So finally, How can I measure the meaning of time? How can I measure it? Well, can't manage what you don't measure. And thank the Lord. And 1 Corinthians 13 says that love keeps no record of wrong. So what are you measuring? Are you measuring through the filter of love? Or are you measuring through something else that isn't love? Oh, that's good. That's not my notes. 
That's not in my notes. First Corinthians 13, love keeps no record of wrong. What are you holding on to? For love always hopes for the best, looks for the best. Love endures all things. And guess what? God is love. Wow. So there's a time for every activity, but are you doing every activity through love? Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these, say it with me, is love. Yeah. See, <laughs> love. God created time. And the neat thing with God, he goes beyond time. He goes even beyond space. And we know that we will have to give an account with the time that we've spent or the time that we've invested, what we've done with it and who we did it with. And in the end, no matter what we did with it, Jesus is the one who pays the price for our wasted time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Even at the end, you're thinking, oh, Lord, oh, pastor, I wasted so much time. Don't worry. He's got it. He's got a plan. He knew you'd come to this place and space and time of his grace. And it doesn't matter because there's not the amount of good deeds that you could possibly do that's going to earn your way into heaven. I'm sorry. We are saved by grace so that none can boast. But we love because we were first loved. Because he loves us. And Jesus pays the price for wasted time. He is the one that restores wasted time through resurrected time. Come on. How many believe in resurrected time? I'm going to give you an example. The thief on the cross. The thief on the cross. If you go with me to uh, Luke 23, it's on the right-hand side of your Bible. We'll get there. Oh, Coach James, that sounds so good. Can you give it up for Coach James in the back there? Man, that's something. I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing we're experiencing online, but it's just so beautiful. Luke 23. Might be easier next time I just ask somebody else to come up and read it. I do that sometimes. Come to the next service. You're like, oh no, I'm not coming now. No, you should come. There's cool things that happen in the other service that don't happen in the first one and vice versa. Uh, 39, 23, verse 39. There it is. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Okay, you got one. One on his right, one on his left, okay? Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and save us. Man, how many times do we cry out to God sometimes in a prayer? I thought you were God. Why don't you just take care of me right now? Do something about it. Verse 40, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? He said, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Here's a man who probably wasted his whole life his whole life being a thief, breaking laws, living for himself, and in the last moment of time, turns to Jesus. And God restores what wicked things he probably did on earth for wealth and riches in heaven and eternity. Come on. 
God is in the business of restoring time. What the enemy has robbed from you, he will restore in years and generations to come. Your children's children's children. Children. You can keep going. The message of Ecclesiastes, how difficult it may seem for us to read because of the, you know, there's a curse on all mankind. Because, you know what? Two individuals did it their way instead of God's way. And sin fell upon the earth. A curse fell upon the earth. But there is purpose and grace for all because of Jesus. There is enduring hope and satisfaction in a lifetime as we purpose to walk with God. To do our best in everything, to be wise and find enjoyment in the time that the Lord has given us with each other. Solomon's conclusion is actually found at the very end. If you go, if you go to Ecclesiastes 12, I'm gonna jump back in there. I think I got my marker on this one. Ecclesiastes 12. Oh, it fell out. That's okay. I got in front of me. I think it's gonna show up on the screen. Is that it? Yeah, there it is. This is the message version, Ecclesiastes 12. And it says this. It says, the the last and final word is this. You ready? This will sum it up. Fear God, do what he tells you, and that's it. (laughs) Woo! I love it. And that's it. Eventually, God will bring everything that we do into the open, and he will judge it according to its hidden intent. You can't hide it from God whether it's good or evil. Fear God, do what he tells you. Fear God, how come we overcomplicate things so much? And if you're not sure what God's telling you to do, get into his word. He'll speak to you. He'll reveal it to you. And you can ask, if you ask for wisdom, you'll receive it. God has so much gifts and treasures for you. I mean, that's what I said. You can't get it all in this lifetime. It's an eternity written on your heart. So the question I must ask us is, are the hours of our heart set on the things of this world or on the things of heaven? Stand with me if you would. Our takeaway is this. There's time for everything when eternity is on our hearts. I'll say it again. There is time for everything when eternity is on our hearts. Some of us got to think a little bigger. This life goes beyond just us. First John 2.17 says this. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God will live forever. So I know my mom's in heaven. She did it God's way, God's will. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, for he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of my salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Say, now is the time. Now is the day. Come on. If you're here today and you've been running from God, And you've been running after things and people and all the wrong stuff. Are you ready just in a moment just to surrender into his presence? To go deeper in your relationship with him and relationship with others? All you got to do is ask. All you got to do is let him in. All you got to do is take a step of faith. For faith is the evidence of things hoped for yet not seen. 
but just believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth, like Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, believing that God the Father raised his son from the grave. He didn't just die on the cross. The cross wasn't the end point. Three days later, he rose from the grave. Testimonies from all around, written throughout history of his resurrection power, seeing him ascended to heaven. But it doesn't matter what other people say or believe. What do you believe? Who will you make Jesus in your life? Lord, Savior, friend? I hope so. Because it was always about relationship so that he could restore all the time that was wasted. So we're going to pray a prayer right now and just do that. And we're going to let God in. Would you pray with me? Just pray this prayer with me. Just close your eyes, bow your heads. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. Say it again, dear Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your way. Thank you for putting eternity in my heart. I'm ready to surrender. I'm asking for your forgiveness. I believe that you came to this earth, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose from the grave three days later. I'm ready. I'm ready to make you Lord over my life. Come into my heart. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just stay in the moment, eyes closed, head bowed in the moment. It's a couple things. First is this, if this message spoke in relevance to you, <laughs> to God's time, maybe in the time that you're in. If you got some clarity or, or just got you thinking even a little more on how you're spending your time, you just put your hand up so I know God's speaking to you. Awesome. Thank you. You can put them down. The next is this, if you prayed that prayer, which we just prayed for the first time, you're coming, we're coming back to him back into alignment with him, surrendering your time to him. Would you just put your hand up and say, that's me right now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Next is this. This is a house of healing. And the Lord doesn't like it when people are sick. Actually said that that he bore the price on the cross for our sickness and all disease, that by his stripes we have been healed. So if you or somebody you know, they may be here, may not be here, but needs a healing right now, would you just put your hand up? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But just, or if you're next to someone, just tap them. Say, hey, we know somebody or that's you. Just put your hand on them right now. We're going to pray for healing in the house. God's done it. He'll do it again. We've seen a man who couldn't walk, walk. We've seen a woman who couldn't see, see. God has done so many. We've seen cancer disappear. Isn't that right, Kelsey? Cancer, diagnosed with cancer, had a brain tumor. Where is it? Is it gone? Yes, yeah, gone. Sorry, my hearing not good. Praise you. This is what the Lord does because his word says it. We believe it. So part of it too is laying hands on people. So if you feel so bold as to do that with a friend, if you came with them, it'll be really easy. I'm, I'm putting couples closer together. Just hold their hand. And let's just pray right now in agreement. Father God, 
We thank you and we come before you in obedience. Because of the time spent on the cross, we come before you in obedience and we resurrect healing right now in this house. We receive what you've already given. It's just ours to receive it. So we receive it. I pray right now for my friend's back, his lower back. I pray that you would remove that pain. I thank you for my sister's ankle. I thank you that you've already restored. But fast forward the restoration, Lord, now. I thank you, Lord, that you have set her free of anxiety and depression. So those feelings are not who she is. That she's already been set free. I thank you, Lord, even for this silly cold that's been going around. What a joke, devil. Get out of my house. Get out of her home. Get out of his home. Get out of our schools. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. What you touch, God touches. So we receive that now in Jesus' name. Flow through their body from the top of their head to the tip of their toes. Peace. I pray peace over you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, not going to embarrass you or call you out, but did anybody experience something or feel something right now? Just put your hand up if you did. If you if you got it. Yes, 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 yes. How about a healing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got big thumbs up there. Anyone got a healing? Like they actually felt there's change happening in their body? I won't, yes, yes. Awesome. Praise God. Okay, please don't keep that to yourself. There's some cards in front of you. The reason I say that is because God gets the glory. We actually set aside a page on the website. It's called Miracle Stories. If you're ever feeling down in need of a miracle, read those stories. Your faith will just build. Something will birth inside of you when you read testimony after testimony in this house of people being healed and all the glory to Jesus. Okay, but we're going to continue to worship God. If you haven't been baptized yet, why haven't you? Um, These guys are already ahead of me. You know, it's in the Great Commission to make disciples. We're not here to make converts. We're here to make disciples, fully devoted followers of Jesus. Jesus said this. Jesus said how to do it. I didn't make it up. He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey his commands, and surely he is with us always, even to the ends of this earth. Baptism means just to be fully immersed, all in for Jesus. When you go in the water, you're baptized with Christ. When you go to the water, it represents when he went to the grave. You're buried with Christ. When you come up out of the water, it represents his resurrection power. You were resurrected with Christ. Acts 22, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. We're not making it difficult. We believe we're going to get religion out of the way so relationship can step in today. Come on, praise God. If you want to come forward, it's, and now is your time, now is your time, come forward. We'll be here and be an honor to do it with you. Let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in today, and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.